Hello, everybody. My name is Gabe DeSanto, president of OHSCA. I'm glad to be here for the first episode of the OHSCA interview series. The format for this series is simple. First, we start off with an introduction like I'm doing now. Then we go into a question and answer session with questions asked by members, followed by friendly chat about conservatism, and then our conclusion wrap up. Today, we are glad to have Julius Tiangson joining us. Julius recently ran in the York Center by-election and he came very close to winning. He was defeated by just under a thousand votes and almost secured a GTA seat. This, as you know, must have been a great achievement for Julius's team and for the CPC as a whole. CPC as a whole. It shows that we're moving forward in a new direction and that we can win in these great urban centers. Julius is an active member of his community and the Filipino community and he runs a company that helps many people in his community and around the world. Welcome, Julius, to our show. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you, Gabe, for uh, having me in uh, this maiden interview. And uh, delighted that I can be part of uh, this process. And uh, I just wanted to assure you that uh, the conservative movement is alive and well in the GTA area, uh, particularly in York Center. And uh, just happy that uh, we came very close to winning, actually. Uh, and have that seat for the Conservative Party. 701 votes, that's our deficit. So it is a winnable riding. It is a riding that is truly becoming more and more awake and more aware also of what is happening uh, with the federal government, as well as uh, what is happening also locally. So uh, once again, I just wanted to say that uh, the Conservative movement is alive and well in the greater Toronto area. We're really glad to hear that because in order to win the next election, we need to really flip all these seats and get more people to join the conservative movement. And the conservative party is for everyone. Everybody can join. Everyone can feel welcome in our party. And we're really glad to have great candidates like you who are really in touch with your community, who can meet a bunch of people and let them join the party. And also it's great because people are starting to know you and this was just a by-election in the federal election when more people are on the road when maybe when the pandemic is over possibly and you can reach out to more people or even if it is keep some going as more people start to hear i think that york center and along with a lot of gta writings have mm -hmm. a chance of turning blue so well there's a lot of uh, if i can just interject uh, again yeah. there's a lot of work that needed to be done in order to win a writing um one of the things that we often would say is that, you know, hopefully there's going to be a swing in such a way that conservatives can actually win. But I'm taking it uh, from a different tack, or at least I'm approaching it from a different uh, tack. Uh, one of which is to actually do the hard work, that of door knocking and making sure that the areas where uh, we have not made any inroads, we actually would visit. And I'm proud to say that uh, we have door knocked over 30,000 homes. And I have personally visited as a candidate in York Center every single poll in there and door not as much as possible. So uh, there's no easy path to winning, but if we actually put our heads together and, and put the, the kind of time and work that is needed, we can win any seat in the greater Toronto area. I'm really glad to hear that because I think you put a lot of hard work into it and I'm, we really applaud you and your campaign. And it's rare, well, not necessarily rare, but 
that you went to every single house and everybody in the community got to meet you, which is a great thing. So if you ever become their MP, they will know who you are. They're like, oh, he came to visit my door and we That's talked right, about right. such and such. And you get to meet more people. We're really mm -hmm. glad. And we were inspired by your campaign because we knew that you almost flipped that and that this is the turning of a new leaf. We're starting to see a big change in Canada. So we're going to go into the question and answer session. Sure. These questions are actually all asked by our team and from members of our team. And these are all high school students that are in our group. The OHSCA is the Ontario High School Conservative Association. Amazing. These are all conservative high schoolers. So the first one is from the OHSCA team. And we've touched a bit on this, but we saw you run in York Center, GTA writing, and you almost won. Do you think that this more of this is going to happen in the next election? And do you plan on running again? Well, the reality is um, the conservative movement is uh, gaining a lot of traction in many parts of the country. And I would, I would even uh, dare to say that it is gaining even more traction in the greater Toronto area, uh, primarily because uh, there are a number of policies that I think Canadians... Uh, have become aware regarding uh, the liberal government of Justin Trudeau, uh, one of which is uh, fiscal responsibility. I honestly believe that um, if we don't, if we don't uh, get this liberal government actually accountable, that uh, you in your generation would actually be saddled with a tremendous uh, fiscal, fiscal deficit. And so it is so important that we get that message out and making sure that uh, the message of the Conservative Party and the Conservative movement will be actually heard and that of being fiscally responsible. Now, in terms of uh, other things that needed to be done in order for us to actually win uh, the York Center, as well as gain more traction, is to make sure that we actually converse, we actually, uh, we actually uh, make sure that we actually, uh, uh, I would say, uh, make known what is it uh, to be a modern conservative in, in this in this era. Uh, I, for one, I am a fiscally conservative, a fiscal conservative, a social libertarian also as well. I believe also in uh, individual freedom of rights uh, and uh, individual freedom and, and individual uh, rights and very important in this day and age when more and more of our civil liberties and civil law is being suspended. Uh, partly because I would say greatly because of what is happening right now globally with our health crisis. So it is very important that we get the message of what the modern conservative movement is all about in the greater Toronto area. And it is also important that as you, uh, high schoolers, uh, young people, can take responsibility also as well in your political involvement because it is so important that young people should be engaged, uh, not only uh, not only in terms of uh, volunteering, but making sure that volunteering in the conservative party but volunteering in your community volunteering in, in uh, many municipal organizations or city organizations in such a way that the face of the conservative movement is actually uh, being represented in there not just you know this uh, typical what uh, the liberal party and the liberal uh, government would, would portray us or at least the media would portray us as old white men who are actually manning the conservative party well we have young young conservatives that are actually involved in the community level and making sure that the, the conservative movement is actually being represented properly and, and being painted properly and not just being smeared by the, uh, 
the political left. Now, in terms of um, any potential run in New York Center, yes, I am very interested again in uh, winning once again because we are a party of process in uh, making sure that I win that nomination once again and uh, be the, the official candidate for the conservative party in potentially a federal slot election. And it's probably going to happen in, the, in, in maybe the next two or three months. We will see. So I would count on you guys to uh, continue to support me in my campaign and uh, making sure that uh, we can turn uh, York Center blue. Yeah, and as we see the Conservative Party, every day we look at their Twitter account and their, their press releases, and every day we're starting to see more and more candidates pop up. Congratulations to our candidate in York Center or in Sarnia-Lampton. I think Morning. yesterday, Marilyn Gladue, she was just confirmed to get it again. And all these candidates, we're starting to see more yes. things coming on, and all the candidates are starting to jump on the Conservative train and get ready for the next election. That's amazing, yeah. I'm beginning to see that also as well in my Twitter feed. Yeah. Question two is from Jairi. He's in Brampton. And he wants to know, do you think the CPC does enough to make immigrants and new Canadians feel welcome in the party? And how can we get them to join our conservative family and learn more about us? Well, this is the myth that the uh, left or those in the political left has uh, painted against the conservative party. Uh, if I can just take you back a little bit of a history lesson, way back in the 1960s, when John Diefenbaker was actually the prime minister, and his first immigration minister, who happens to be a woman, uh, was Eleanor Fairclaw. Eleanor Fairclaw actually introduced the whole concept of uh, the point system, our modern-day immigration point system. The result of that introduction, and it was introduced in 1967, the result of that introduction uh, which was done uh, on the basis of a regulatory change within our Immigration Act. The consequence of that introduction is that it opened the floodgate of immigrants from all over the world as a result of that point system. Now, many people do not know that, or at least, you know, many people are being kept in the dark of that uh, very important change in our regulatory framework. But in, in, in as much as the political left would actually paint the, the, the conservative movement in this country as not open to immigration, that is false. The reality is we were the ones, we are the party that actually opened the floodgate of immigrants from all over the world through the immigration point system that we have. Now, contrary to what, uh, contrary to uh, many of uh, what the liberal party would actually paint us, we are a party that is quite diverse, very diverse. Um, we have had our first uh, uh, Vietnamese senator, we have our first Muslim member of parliament, we have our first black member of, of uh, parliament also as well. Many of the first uh, that uh, is in this country happen within the conservative party movement or the conservative movement in this country. But nevertheless, the conservative party is not necessarily out to make sure that we do this the first time or do this, you know, by opening uh, by 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 uh, by system or being the first woman or being the first uh, black or being the first Filipino, we are all about uh, making sure that everyone would have equal opportunity, regardless of their race, regardless of their their religion, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their background. Because what we needed are actually uh, competent people and uh, not just people who got in simply because there is a quota for them to actually join our movement. No, it isn't so. 
Uh, we believe in equal opportunity and making sure that everyone would have the same rules to follow so that if you actually work hard and follow what the system is asking you to do, you will have a fair chance and a fair opportunity to succeed and be part also of a political movement like the Conservative Party. Well, we see the, the liberals, they're so keen on their identity politics. But the problem with identity politics is that it creates a divide. It's important yes. that we that we expand our conservative family and have people of all backgrounds join us. But unlike the liberals, we actually have them and let them join us and treasure them for what they bring, not just because of the way they are. And the liberals, as you see, their cabinet has to be perfect. 50-50 yes. men and women, this color, that color. And at that point, it's less about politics and being competent and more about yes. look at what we're doing. And I feel yes. that the Conservative Party is different because we treasure the backgrounds of everybody, but that's not what we, that's not why they are candidates. They are candidates because they're smart and because they bring something to the party and they share our beliefs. Well, uh, let me reiterate or probably echo what Martin Luther King said, that we are uh, to be judged by the content of our character yeah. and not by the color of our skin. And may I add also um, that we would be actually be included in a political movement, not based on the color of our skin, but the abilities or the competence of our, of, of, uh, our character or competence of our individuality. So... Uh, that is something that I really would like to emphasize quite, quite uh, uh, obviously, simply because uh, the, the political left is very good in smearing us, in smearing the conservative as a racist organization or a racist movement. It isn't so. Otherwise, a person like myself who came from the Philippines 35, 36 years ago with only $65 in my wallet would not be able to succeed in this country. If this country is truly a racist country and it is founded on on uh, that uh, uh, heinous con human condition, uh, then people like myself would not succeed. But because I have succeeded, and, and not just myself, but millions of people have succeeded and have been able to taste the success that Canada has to offer, this country is an incredible country and we ought to make sure that it remains like that, uh, not just because uh, we would like to make sure that people will be represented uh, by virtue of the color of their skin. You know, it, it should be by their abilities, by their competence, by their desire to make uh, this country a better place. That's very well said. And I like how you quoted Martin Luther King Jr. because he was a great, he was a great activist and he really brought forward mm -hmm. a lot of the, the things that we think about today in, our, in the way that we do things and how we view each other and how we respect each other. Now, question three is from Kihan, who's actually one of our members that is in India. He's actually in India. Oh, He's wow. one of our high school members. And he wants to know, how do you feel about the political and economic emer rapid emergence of China in our world and how they are, how they, um, how their government is, is really a big dominant player in the way the world is going and how would you address it if elected and how would you t talk about their power we know that Aaron O'Toole is a big uh he likes to speak out and make sure that everything is right and what do you think about it well um uh, there's a, a few comments regarding China 
I think um, uh, when the, uh, I would say the developed world or those who are in the G7 and G20 countries more than 20, 25 years ago have allowed China to join the World Trade Organization and it allowed China to join the World Trade Organization on the basis of, on the basis of an assumption. The assumption is that they will become um, they will become fair actors in the economic playground of the world. Uh, unfortunately, that has been proven uh, otherwise. And so it, it looks like China is heading towards uh, economic hegemony, uh, which is very dangerous, very dangerous. It has, it has uh, uh, shown that uh, you know, the areas in which we have been concerned about 20, 25 years ago, particularly the whole individual rights and human rights uh, issues have not really been addressed. Uh, a case in point right now, two of our Canadian citizens are being held without any cause in, in China uh, for more than two years already. And uh, all because, you know, we have made one of their uh, executives responsible for bad, uh, for being a bad actor in, in, in uh, the economic background that we have here globally. So, uh, that in itself should show us concern. That should show us some pause in terms of our relationship with, with China. Um, and we need to make sure that uh, we would continue to make them accountable uh, for how they would behave economically in, in the world. In as much as uh, the G7 and the G20 countries at that time have allowed them to be part of the World Trade Organization, I think there is there should be an opportunity for us to revisit that and uh, to make sure that... Um, you know, some um, the rules that we have in terms of how we function globally in, uh, in our economies and our interactions as nations uh, in between our economies, that we would in fact hold China accountable for, for their actions. Uh, some of the things that I have read concerning their extension of debt or sovereign debt to other sovereign countries have not necessarily uh, amounted to anything other than a almost a confiscation really of important infrastructure of those countries that they have extended sovereign debt. And, uh, and, and the consequence of that is that uh, China has been able to establish almost like um, uh, not only uh, an economic foothold, but uh, a, a very strong, uh, I would say sovereign presence in the country that uh, uh, they have extended uh, their economic grip. So uh, there is, there is a concern. Uh, secondly, in, in the whole aspect of intelligence and intellectual property, um, the influence of, of China uh, in our school system, in many of our institutions, have resulted in us actually being vulnerable to, to our intellectual property and our ability to actually innovate. And so uh, this is something that we need to make sure that China be, uh, is held uh, accountable. That's a really good answer. And it's also something to really think about nowadays as, as the world is going through this big, uh, this big pandemic and we're relooking the way that we do things economically and we're re-examining how we, how we really interact with other countries. And it's really been an opportunity. And it's a really good way to understand the our allies and and all uh, and also who is uh, who else is working with us and really examine what is important, what we hold 
near to us and our beliefs and how we align those with the beliefs of other countries? Well, um, from, from uh, you know, currently a private citizen and really observing what is happening, really, uh, it looks like more and more uh, China is um, uh, wielding its, its economic clout and wielding also its um, uh, ability to actually control countries by virtue of the fact that their presence is not just economic presence, uh, but uh, they have cultural presence also as well. Uh, they have invested in many of the media organizations in North America and around the world. Uh, so that in itself is beginning to dictate uh, a certain propaganda uh, type of, which is favorable to China. And so these are some of the things that we really need to, to revisit in terms of relationship with China. And so if I am to be a member of parliament representing York Center, uh, I would be pushing our conservative party uh, towards uh, really a, a strong review and, and making sure that um, uh, the economic presence as well as the cultural presence of China here in our institutions, as well as uh, in, our, uh, in our economy, would actually be put in check and making sure that we can, uh, we can hold China accountable for their actions. That's a really good answer. And I really want to thank you for, for, for that great detailed response and the little lesson and what the little history about the World Trade Organization and how they, they brought in China and all the different things that we need to think about today. Now, I'm going to combine question four and five because they really link sure. together. So it's from Wesley Mississauga and also from our OHSE team. And they um, ask, uh, what would you like to see happen within the CPC in the future? And how can they attract more young people to the party? Since, you know, the young people are the future of the party. We have a lot of way to go. And our young people today are going to be the new leaders of tomorrow. And how do you think yeah. that they can get involved and and how they can and how everybody can bring the CPC in the future? Like what, what do you think will happen in the sure. future? Well, uh, I, I have three answers uh, or three things that I'd like to, to, um, uh, to, in order to answer that question. First is from an organization, organization or from a national organization point of view, we need to have a stated goal that we would like to establish a movement or an organization that would really reach out towards our high school students, uh, making sure that our high school students become engaged in the political process. And uh, a and, and person like yourself, you know, needed to be given uh, prime time, you know, in our movement in such a way that uh, we would use you and your movement and the people that you work with as examples that it is possible that we can attract actually high schoolers towards the conservative movement. So there has to be something that is really stated as a goal of our conservative party. The second thing is within the local level, riding associations. Uh, very important that every single riding association within the conservative party need to have at least one representative, a high school representative, who is a, uh, a 14-year-old LMR, a representative in the ward level, making sure that we actually bring in somebody who will be part of the Conservative Party Writing Association uh, in the ward level, not just to become a member, not just to send a membership in order for you to vote in a nominations uh, meeting, but for you to actually, act, actually shape 
the direction of the Riding Association. And then thirdly, also as well, I think it's very important that when we get into a campaign, uh, that uh, we actively reach out uh, to high schoolers like yourself, anyone who is 40 years old and above, they may not be able to vote, but they sure can be part of the campaign team and uh, could be part of uh, you know, a concerted outreach in such a way that they can, they can be involved in the political process within the campaign and within the right level. That is something really that, that I think a lot of high schoolers need to think of. And a lot of today's youth are more left uh, leaning and that is perfectly okay. Everybody is entitled to their own beliefs and opinions. But for those of us that are conservative, we really need to think of the fact that the conservative party is our party as well. It's the party of everyone, of the older people, of the younger people of everybody and how we can get involved. And a lot of people don't notice that they can get their membership at 14 years old. And even though they yes. can't vote in general elections, that they can be involved within their party from the age of 14. They can vote in their leadership race. They can be on their EDAs and their their, their writing associations and really get involved and shape, help shape their party that they will be joining, that they'll be part of, that they are a part of and that will determine our future, who may have a chance to govern. And this party that will govern will impact us. And we need to make sure that the choices that they make are the ones that are the mo that are right for us tomorrow. That's correct. Well, you're doing a very good job there, uh, Gabe. And I just want to commend you and uh, the people that you're working with, the young people that you're working with, uh, keep up, uh, keep up uh, with what you're doing. and. Uh, and get the message to be spread around. Thank you. So I just want to, we talked a lot about conservatives and young conservatives and how they can get involved. And what do you think, what's one good piece of advice that you can share with the youth and how they can get involved in what you've already touched on, how they can get involved? Yes, in well, let me, yeah, let me reiterate again, uh, perhaps, uh, first is buy a membership, you know, become an active member of the conservative uh, party. It's not that expensive. Own membership. It's not yeah, that it's expensive. It's only $50. $50 yeah. for only five $50. years. Yes. And uh, own that membership, making sure that uh, you are the one who's paying for it. And as much as maybe, you know, your parents may be able to pay for it, but own that membership. And, um, you know, you can raise that, that money through the allowances that you may be getting on seven sizes, fifteen dollars every single year, right? Or fifty dollars in five years. So number one, all that membership. The second be really active within the writing association. And then thirdly, uh, find mentors. Surround yourself with good conservative mentors uh, that would constantly lead you towards uh, shaping your own political ideology and political ideals and political goals also as well. Uh, making sure that uh, you are constantly connected with conservative women. Read good books, you know, about conservatism and making sure that, uh, and, and magazines. And there's so many, so many, uh, so many uh, avenues in which you can inform uh, or get informed, uh, either through a subscription uh, to a podcast or uh, or a subscription to a newsletter or anything like that. Uh, there is so much that is available out there 
that conservative youth uh, can avail of in making sure that uh, they shape their conservative mind and and to push back on the push towards uh, the left by many of our institutions here in Canada. Well, that is, I really want to thank you for giving so much great advice to our to our youth and to myself and to so many. And there are a lot of good resources and they're very close to us online. We just look look at your local MP if they're conservative, look at their website. I'm sure they have a newsletter. Yeah. If you don't have a conservative MP, look to your next writing that may have a conservative MP yeah, and stay right. up to date with your with your um with your candidate if they're already chosen. Follow them on their social media. They that's probably one of the first places that a lot of their info is gonna come out. Look at their websites and read make sure that you see a lot of great info. There's a lot of info and I know that the media is our mainstream media is really left focused, but there's a lot of other good sources out there to look at and yeah. keep your mind open and look at everything. And there's so much good resources for us conservatives. And even though we're in a society where there's a lot of, we have a federal liberal government and we have a lot of media surrounding us that is left-wing, but there's also the right-wing stuff. And it's really great to look at it and it's how we can get involved. All right. So yes, thank yes. you. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate no you being yes. with us. And we wish you well on your future endeavors of running again in the next election and wherever else may they may take you. And do you have anything else, any other final remarks or advice or something that you'd like to tell our youth and to your to the members of your community and everybody who wants to, who sees this video. Yes, there is, there is a movement towards silencing the conservative voice in this country and in this continent and perhaps um, around the world. It is very important that young people begin to speak up and speak out that regardless of your political affiliation, whether on the left or on the right, the very first thing that you need to protect is your ability to speak and to speak freely. And that is so important because if you having a voice, regardless whether it is coming from the political right or the political left, if that voice is being suppressed, you've lost a very important fundamental freedom and that freedom is inalienable. That truth is inalienable. And so we ought to stand up and make sure that we make our voice heard and we stand and be counted in making sure that our, our freedom, our individual freedom is protected with, with everything that we've got. And so my encouragement to, to you and to your movement, um, be courageous, stand strong, and God bless you. Thank you, Julius. That was some really good advice today. We really thank you for joining us on the show on our very first episode. This was definitely a great start to our show. And that's it. We hope that you really enjoyed our first interview, all the viewers. You can look for more videos coming soon. Make sure to follow our social media, Twitter and Instagram accounts on Ontario HS Cons for some more info about our next interview. You'll be hearing about our next interview soon. It'll be probably same time, same place next week. 
And for more great content, we do a lot of great things. We have a lot of uh, content coming out, not just videos, but we also have articles and information sliders. So make sure to look out for it and make sure to look at our website at sites.google.com slash view slash Ontario HS Conservatives to learn more about us, to see our calendar of project releases. And for more great content, that's your one-stop shop to see everything that we do. All our content is going to be there. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and click the notification bell so you never miss a video. Julius, we really thank you for joining us today. We hope we My wish pleasure. you well. And we hope to see you again soon. Maybe we'll, you can come back on the show maybe as an MP or maybe during a campaign or something. Oh, we'd love to. We'd love to have you back. I know today's episode, I'm sure you had a lot more to say. We have a lot more questions. And we thank you for everything that you have given to us today and helped us learn. Thank you. Thank you for having me.